Earlier on this show, we kicked off our series about how to make better breakfast at home with a discussion about egg recipes. But any good egg-based recipe has to start with the eggs themselves. So on this week's Food Friday, please explain, we have decided to decode the labels that you see on egg cartons like cage-free, organic, omega-3. We'll also learn how eggs are cultivated and why eggs vary from bird to bird. And I'm joined now by Kathy Irway, Serious Eats contributor, author of The Food of Taiwan and a blogger at Not Eating Out in New York. Also here are Mary Carpenter, owner and operator of Violet Hill Farm in West Winfield, New York. And since she couldn't be here uh, in person, she has sent us an egg ambassador, Matt Kaplan, who works at the Violet Hill Green Market stalls in the city. Welcome, everyone, to our show. Thank you. And uh, for our listeners, if you have a question about eggs, give us a call at 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wmyc.org slash lopate. You can write to us on Facebook, or you can tweet us at Leonard Lopate. Mary, uh, where's your farm located? I'm in central New York's Mohawk Valley, and I have some unintentional, authentic-sounding birds outside. My chickens have followed me around. Um, I'm in uh, a little town called West Winfield, about 20 minutes from Utica. And what sorts of animals do you keep, not just chickens? No, I have uh, chickens, pigs, uh, cows, both dairy and um, beef cows. I have rabbits, turkeys, um, sheep. What else am I missing? I, I have pretty much everything but goats. Do they all get along or do you have to keep them separate? Um, some are separated um, mostly because of the environment they need. Um, pigs are pretty destructive, so they tend to be kept to their own spot. Um, the other ones, are, uh, most were occasionally grazed. Um, so each animal will spend some time uh, in each of the paddocks, um, one following the other to um, get rid of um, parasites and such that might affect the next one coming behind it. Matt, how long have you been working for Mary? I've been working for um, her oh, uh, for uh, one year now. And what sorts of questions do you uh, do people ask you most about eggs when you're selling them at the Union Square Green Market? Oh, all sorts of questions. I mean, basic questions are, um, you know, are they cage-free? How are the chickens treated? How do they live? Um, is it organic? Uh, what do we feed the chickens? Um, why do they cost so much? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, and what do you so, tell them? Um, well, for as far as you know, why they cost so much? We're a small farm. We take great care of our animals, how we raise them. Um, we, for some chickens, we're following them around, picking up the eggs. It's time consuming, but also um, these chickens are organically fed. We treat them well, so it's really worth the cost. And you know, very often people they're hesitant. They'll buy some eggs. They love them. They come back the next week. Kathy, why do green market eggs look? often looks different from the eggs that you find at the supermarket. Well, a lot of the times um, the producers, such as Violet Hill, will have different heritage breed hens. So the eggs that Matt has right now on this table are all different colors, and that's from different breeds like Aracana hens with the with the pale blue. Um, another reason... Is it just breeds? Do different chickens give us different colors? Exactly. That's the only thing that affects the shell color, mm. unless it's dirty, which is which happens. <laughs> um, another thing you might see that's different about eggs at the green market is that they are not in refrigeration sometimes. And, um, you know, we're used to, as consumers, always being uh, seeing eggs in the fridge section. 
So maybe Matt can speak to that for some of his eggs, but um, a lot of the times uh, producers don't necessarily um, need to wash, rinse away this protective cuticle over the eggs, um, which is something that naturally occurs when they're laid. And it helps uh, block in toxins that can come through the porous shell. So that's the reason you don't have to refrigerate them? That is correct. I don't know if, Mary, if you want to speak more on that. Are you still there? Did we lose her? Yeah. Okay. As far as washing? Uh, Washing, refrigeration, things like that. Uh, For washing, actually leave the bloom on as long as you possibly can. So eggs actually don't get washed until Friday at the market on Saturday. Do we Um, see that bloom? Those eggs, none of those eggs he has there are washed. If you get one wet and touch it, you'll actually feel it's like a slippery Mm -hmm. coating. Mm -hmm. I think that right after the egg is hatched, it's very clear to see it, but it's not a... It's not that conspicuous afterwards. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, uh, Kathy, what sorts of quality control standards have grocery store eggs passed through by the time they get to their store? Well, there's been a number of certifications and uh, marketing labels that have been applied to eggs um, over the years, and and many of uh, many of them are optional. So the producers can opt in to receive this. Um, if they pass inspection, that is, um, things like certified humane or cage-free or certified organic. And these have to pass inspections. Um, I would say that in the um, animal welfare approved and certified humane camp, these are really specifically speaking to the treatment of the animals, not so much the nutrition of the eggs. And um, it's a a very robust uh, program. The uh, chickens need to have a certain amount of space. They're they need to be allowed to have their natural um, growing procedures uh, happen and um, like molting naturally and not having their beak cut in the case of animal welfare approved. And these are just uh, measures to make sure that the chicken lives at their full sort of chickenness and are allowed to have their own behaviors as they grow. My guests on today's Please Explain are Kathy Irway. A contributor to Serious Eats and author of The Food of Taiwan. She's a blogger at Not Eating Out in New York. Mary Carpenter, owner and operator of Violet Hill Farm in West Winfield, New York, and uh, also an, her employee, uh, Matt Kaplan, is here. This is WMYC, org. I'm Leonard Lopate. Uh, we mentioned color earlier. Mary, for years, the only difference in color that I saw in eggs was whether they were white or brown, but nowadays, uh, I find a lot of a wide range of eggshell colors. What leads to the various eggshell colors? Is is it just the breed? It is breed for the eggshell. Uh, the yolk is based on many different components, but the shell is based on the breed of the bird. Um, so there are some basic breeds that have basic colors, such as what you're looking at there. Um, the Aracana or Americana, as it might be, has those um, light blue to light green eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have... Uh, one of them is so dark, it looks like it's made out of chocolate. <laughs> yeah, that, one, that one's called a copper moran. So we have um, a copper morans that lay that dark color, and we have well summers that lay a freckled kind of egg. Um, and then we also do a lot of um, self-breeding here. So a lot of the hens will hatch their own nests crosses, see things like an olive-colored egg that is the product of a Moran rooster, perhaps, and an Aracana hen, and they'll get an olive egg, and then the next generation down, they might cross again with a Welsomer, so I believe one of those eggs is kind of an uh, olive freckled egg, so that's Mm -hmm. kind of second generation out. Um, So we 
play with with different colors based on uh, the roosters that we keep here. So when you go to the paint store and uh, they talk about eggshell white, <laughs> that really doesn't mean anything. It means absolutely nothing here. <laughs> You told one of my producers that you can tell a chicken's personality by the color of its egg yolk. Often, yes. Often when you can see that. Feed that we used is, uh, is a organic um, feed. They have the co- access. Mary, the, the, Mary the, the, uh, it's breaking up, so we're going to call you back. Meanwhile, I'll talk to my other guests, and we'll establish a better uh, phone line with you. Um uh, Kathy, there are many variations in, in uh, terms, as we mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. cage-free, free-roaming, free-range. Now, what's the difference between free-range and free-roaming? Uh, nothing. Um, it's it's meaning the same thing, uh, cage-free, free-range, free-roaming. And the basic uh, understanding is that the, these chickens are not allowed to be kept in battery cages. So that's an industry standard for, for eggs that you don't see these labels on. Um, they're in very t- tight, close quarters. Um, however, these labels do not imply or indicate how much space they get. So there's no you know, square footage that needs to be in place for one of these labels. They just need to have access to the outdoors, um, no indication of how much access. Hmm. So it's a, a very broad label. Should we assume that they're foraging for their own food? Um, uh, they should have access to it, but um, it's not clear about that. That's not one of the guarantees for these labels. What about labels that say certified humane or animal welfare approved? Yeah, so these are some of the more, um, I, I think th- these are more substantial labels. Um, and they really are about allowing the chickens to grow without growth hormones, but also um, to at least, um, you know, in the case of animal welfare approved and certified humane, they're allowed to molt um, naturally. So in industry, um, just a standard industry procedure for egg-laying hens is to um, do a forced molting um, through starvation. Mm. And this uh, allows um, eggs to lay more in, in their second or third season. So as, as, sorry, chickens to lay more in their second or third season. So it's getting more out of your chickens, uh, more production, more eggs in the sa- for the sake of some of their just natural growing behaviors and um, procedures. I've also seen all natural or farm fresh. That Should means, I just ignore that? That means they're <laughs> eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne from Windsor Terrace. Hi, you're on the air. Hi. Um, I've always had a question about um, the vegetarian fed label on that you see on eggs. Um, it sort of never really made sense to me because I, I always imagine that um, naturally chickens pecking around would eat bugs and other proteins. So can you tell me why a vegetarian-fed hen would be would produce a better or worse egg, and why that label exists. Well, first of all, wouldn't a vegetarian-fed hen suggest that they're they're cooped up because they're then fed only certain kinds of food? If a, a if a, a chicken is just cage-free, uh, it will eat insects, which would automatically mean that it's not a vegetarian. Right. right. Yeah, our eggs, uh, Violet Hill Farm, they're not labeled vegetarian-fed because, uh, as Leonard pointed out, our chickens are eating bugs, worms. Um, That probably applies to more maybe uh, industrial situations when they're just only eating uh, 
grains. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so to the caller's question, I mean, chickens are definitely carnivores. They eat bugs. That actually adds a lot of protein to their diet and so forth. But um, the reason why we have this all-vegetarian diet label is because we're wanting, uh, the industry um, wants to make sure to tell you that in their feed, there is no animal byproducts. And that can be a scary thing. Um, if you recall mad cow disease, when their animals were fed animal byproducts, it led to mad cow disease. So they're just making sure there's no bones, no scraps of meat in it. Suzanne, thank you for calling us. Uh, a lot of people have been asking about whether or not eggs are bad for your health because of all the cholesterol. <laughs> I think they're great. I think eggs have made a great comeback um, in recent years. Uh, we told, we were told thing, butter was no good for a while, and now we're told oh, margarine, which I, was the substitute, is worse for us than butter. But then there's the omega-3 um, fatty acids, which are found in eggs, which are the good fats, too. And that's only in a few things, including eggs, flax, and fish. When, we, when eggs are labeled omega-3, mm-hmm. does that mean that the uh, chickens were fed... M- Omega more omega three to enrich their eggs. That's absolutely right, Leonard. They're fed more flax and uh, omega three producing uh, nutrients. Is that something you would do, Mary? Mary's back with us. I made it. <laughs> um, y- yes, we do. We have our feed is um, a customized ration that's actually high in uh, flax, alfalfa, and field peas um, because we don't have the soy. It also helps with the protein content. So you're letting the chickens find their own food, but you're also giving them feed? Yeah, they, so they, they actually have um, constant access to feed um, that, has a, that is organic um, and soy-free. So there is an option for them when there's nothing else. It is central New York, so in the wintertime there's not much out there. Um, but they have no fences so they are able to roam the farm. It's a 200-acre unsprayed farm, um, and they can pick and choose. Uh, feed consumption actually drops to about a, a third of what it is in the winter here. Um, so it kind of gives you an idea of how much they actually will forage if given the chance. Our guests on today's Please Explain are Mary Carpenter, owner and operator of Violet Hill Farm in West Winfield, New York, and uh, the man who sells her eggs here in the city, Matt Kaplan, also, Kathy Irway, uh, a contributor to Serious Eats and author of The Food of Taiwan. She's a blogger at Not Eating Out in New York. And we will continue our conversation and take your calls after we take a little break. Our number here is 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wnyc.org slash Lopate or on Facebook or Twitter where our handle is at Leonard Lopate. <laughs> And uh, welcome back to Please Explain. Uh, today our guests are Kathy Irway, Serious Eats contributor, author of The Food of Taiwan, a blogger at Not Eating Out in New York, Mary Carpenter, the owner and operator of Violet Hill Farm in West Winfield, New York, and, and we also have with us uh, an employee of Violet Hill, Matt Kaplan. We're talking about uh, eggs and the wide range of questions uh, regarding eggs. Our number here is 212-433-9692. You can write to us on our show page at wmyc.org or on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle is at Leonard Lopate. Thomas on Twitter wants to know if chicken eggs are easier to cultivate than other types of eggs. Mary? 
cultivate in what sense? Well, he wrote, said Passing? cultivate. He said cultivate. I imagine we're just simply talking about uh, is it easier to get chickens to give you eggs than quails or turkeys or geese? I, I understand that uh, uh, that we Dan Barber of, of Blue Hill swears by your goose eggs. Uh, yeah, they have a uh, goose egg pasta that is fancied there every uh, uh, the geese don't start laying until about February and it lasts until um, somewhere around end of May, beginning of June um, so as far as difficulty uh, it's more about their season, um, they do tend to generally have a season you can manipulate that some based on heating and light if you choose um, but uh, ducks and geese and turkeys particularly are, are fairly short window of time that they're actually laying eggs um, and then part of it is your facility. Um, if they're running like they are here with no fences, uh, they're extremely adept at hiding things. <laughs> as soon as you find their eggs, they, uh, they find a new place to hide them. So uh, it's a lot of, of searching here. Um, but chickens, the, the mainstream chickens, um, such as like barred rocks, red island reds, those kind of birds, uh, they're pretty predictable egg layers, and they're usually the ones used for um, most backyarders because uh, they'll lay a good part of the year. So they, they're 12 months a year, whereas the others have their own seasons. The reason that Dan Barber likes the goose eggs is because they give them a richer pasta? Yeah, they're, they're a very large yolk in comparison to the, the white, um, and the yolk is very, very thick. Um, and the white actually is almost, um, almost to the point of silicone. It holds a lot of air. Uh, so they can be used um, for things like um, meringues, that kind of thing. They get very light and airy. Um, and the, the goose eggs are kind of hard to come by. Um, there aren't a lot of people that do goose eggs, um, and many of them are used, um, purchased to become hatching eggs so that people raise geese for um, actual, like, like a Christmas goose. Um, but we, the goose, geese are kind of fun. They're, they're a funny little birds, so they're kind of fun to have around, and the eggs are kind of a bonus. A listener, Hal, has written on our show page, uh, I'm quoting him, When I was in Bologna, Italy, a couple of years ago, I took a pasta cooking class, and we sawed and purchased eggs that were marketed particularly for making pasta with labeling on the carton that indicated so. They did have yolks that were more orange than yellow, but otherwise I couldn't find reference to any other difference. Now at home, I can't even find any reference to or person who has any knowledge of this way of marketing eggs or what any other difference might be. Was I dreaming? Is there anyone who knows about this? Do you know about uh, what they've done in other countries with eggs? Italy? That sounds like clever marketing to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I was sorry to hear that you uh, lost all of your ducks this season. What yes. happened? Uh, over a period of um, about six weeks, um, part of the downside of being this far up in the country is there are a lot of predators. Uh, so we lost, oh gosh, 250 plus ducks in a matter of about six weeks. Wouldn't uh, the chickens or the ducks and the geese, as, as you describe them hiding their eggs, think of you as a predator? Um, we're around them so much. You're, you're taking their eggs. <laughs> Yeah, and they, they have to hide them from you so they can have little babies. They do. Um, they they don't. They're not afraid of us at all. Um, and I often, when I collect eggs, for instance, I will uh, give the the chicken a, a, a pet 
um, for lack of a better term, you know, a, a comforting thing. I talk to them while I do it. I actually thank my chickens when I collect their eggs. <laughs> ah, so they say you're welcome. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what it is. Zanera from North America. From North America. Zanera, you're on the air. Hi, this is Zanera. Yes, go ahead. Hi, I have a quick question about the egg yolk. Like often when I get them at the farmer's market, there's a little red dot in them. And I don't know if they're good to eat or not. Is that blood, Mary? You know, I'm not sure if that's actually. I'm. I'm. My guess is it's. It's probably a blood. They call them blood spot or a meat mm. spot. Um, there's nothing wrong with the eggs. Some chickens have them. Some chickens don't. Kathy, you might have more knowledge on on why that actually. You know, I was just thinking the same thing. This happened to me. I, I've seen it a few times. Um, I really disregarded it. Um, I, maybe you guys can speak to what it is. I've always assumed that it was because the that. egg was, uh, well, that some rooster had been around. Mm, maybe. It doesn't, it doesn't. It's not related, actually. Okay. Well, I ate it. I'm fine. <laughs> Lynn from Pennsylvania. Hi, you're on the air. Hi, I usually call from Whitestone, Queens, but I'm in Pennsylvania now and listening. Um, More chickens okay, where so you are. My question is, first of all, I've read that chickens can live for 10 years. I'd like to know uh, how many years your hens produce eggs for you, and what do you do with them after their egg-laying career is over? My, uh, actually, we don't call our hens at all. Um, the normal practice is to uh, calling is to um, kill a kill a chicken at some point. Call is to take them out of the herd. Um, we don't call chickens here, um, so normally it's 18 months to two years. Um, I've got birds out there that I'm I know have been around since I started farming in 2010. Um, they they do their job. Um, we make. We make uh, profit on the eggs, so I kind of feel like let them do their thing and live their life out. Um, it's a it's a matter of uh, often farms will band an entire. They can put leg bands on them and know how old a certain bird is. We don't do that. Um, Are we eating them after they finish laying their eggs? Uh, no, because I don't call them out. Um, that's a normal practice. Actually, a, a soup chicken that you would find. People are often looking for soup chicken. Often those are, are called out laying hens. So that's a laying hen that's two plus years old. But that's not a practice that we do here on the farm. Thank you for calling us. Um, one of our listeners, Alex in Brooklyn, writes, Growing up, my parents used to raise chickens at our home in New Jersey, and I've always noticed that the eggs I buy at the grocery store have much tougher shells than the ones my family would harvest. Our chickens' eggs were much softer and easier to crack. Do you know why that might be the case? Anybody That's want to calcium. tackle that? That's calcium. Um, we actually give our, our – you can give uh, crushed oyster shell is what's actually given to birds that are done um, – on any kind of scale, uh, and you can do it in your backyard too. If your if your chickens' eggs are getting too thin, uh, some people even roast the eggs back, the shells when they're done cooking them. You can roast them and crush them and give them back to the chickens. Um, it's a it's a calcium content amount. Um, so we buy bags of crushed oyster shell that the chickens have have access to. So Alex's chickens were not getting enough calcium. Probably not. Yeah, it's pretty tough to do in in a in a small environment, or for any of them really. Um, and some birds just naturally seem to have a thinner shell than others. 
Um, so you can get it at m most chicken supply store. Anything online um, have bags of, of crushed oyster shell. Or there are, if you Google, Google's magical for this kind of thing. Um, you can find out how to actually roast the shells that you're using. They can be crushed up, ground up, and given back to the chickens to re-put into their shells. Now, Matt, I understand you could do a little demonstration on cracking open eggs. We had a discussion about it earlier. Jacques Pepin feels you should do it on a flat surface. Other people will do it on the edge of a bowl or on the edge of the pan. What do you say? Uh, I am not an expert. Sorry about the pun. <laughs> so uh, anytime I do it, yeah. there is a, a chance that we might get a little piece of shell. Uh, but, um, but we're going to look at the uh, color of the yolks, actually. Um, okay. Um, Let's let's do that. Uh, do you want to pick which egg? Okay. Well, since it, since I'm fascinated by this egg that looks like it's a piece of milk chocolate, maybe we should do one of those, and then okay. the one that is the lightest color next this to it. Here. Okay. Let's see what we would got. that be reflected in the yolk. The fact that no. their eggshells are so different. Uh, it shouldn't be. I don't think there's um, a correlation. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, it's based on what the chickens are eating. Um, you can, you'll find um, grocery egg stores. I've noticed more and more are becoming a richer yellow. Um, that can be manipulated. So um, manipulated in what way? By what feed. you feed them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You increase things like marigolds, um, peppers. You can use red peppers and manipulate yolk color um, to make to give that uh, appearance of a much richer egg. Um, we don't have that manipulation in the feed here, so you'll actually see a change over the, the course of the year here in the eggs. Um, as the green comes on, the eggs get richer in color. And beyond that, it comes down to the chicken. If a chicken sits by the feeder, it tends to be a lighter color yolk. Um, if they're out hunting, because they are omnivorous, um, ones they'll, they'll hunt snakes and, and frogs, and uh, those tend to be richer and wow. deeper in color. Right. Yes. And we have filmed the, this little segment. So <laughs> listeners can actually see the difference in color. Uh, is there a lot of difference in color there? Uh, yeah, the first one definitely, as you can see, Leonard has more of an orange. You can go ahead and grab the bowl. So wow, yeah, um, totally that different. one, and uh, please um, don't quote me on my exact pronunciation of these foreign words, but that's uh, Moran Wellsummer. Was, that was the first one, the darker egg. Mm -hmm. And the second one we did was a cross between an Aracana and a Wellsummer, and uh, Moran. But would that affect the taste in any way, Kathy? Um, there's a lot of debating theories about it. I mean, so uh, the color, like as Mary was explaining, you know, comes from beta carotenes um, that they were eating. So grass and things like that would create a darker yellow or orange color. Um, it doesn't necessarily indicate the taste, and I think that comes from like a, a whole you know, so the whole shebang of their diet, and uh, especially if they're, you know, eating worms. People have anecdotally talked about having a creamier consistency to the yolk when the animals were eating uh, more insects and proteins. You've recommended a test for checking to see how fresh an egg is, which involves putting the eggs in a bowl of water. Mm -hmm. How does that work? So um, the fresher the egg is, the smaller the sort of air pocket will be, sort of at the base um, of the egg. As time goes by, the egg's liquid will evaporate, so that air pocket will become larger. So if you place an egg at the bottom of a bowl of water, and if it sort of stands up on its base, then the air pocket is bigger, and um, that egg is less fresh. A, a listener, Kristen, on Twitter asks, do any of you know about ostrich eggs? She says she's been tempted to try cooking one in the past. 
No? I I wish. <laughs> I, I don't think no. it's easy to open. <laughs> those. No, they're very difficult to open. There's, there is a vendor at um, Union Square on Saturdays who does occasionally have um, ostrich eggs. Um, but I believe they have a similar kind of uh, laying pattern to things like geese and turkeys, and so they're they're not a consistent thing. Um, but the shells are very, very thick. They're often used more for, um, they're sought after for their eggs because they have multi-layers of different colors in their shells. How are they sized? Is a jumbo egg really that different from an extra-large egg? Yeah, so these are just industry um, USDA-applied uh, size standards, and so John Moe eggs have to reach a certain, certain threshold, so that's 30 ounces, or an average of 2.5 ounces each. And, um, yeah, oh, sorry, 30 ounces per dozen, that is, um, or 2.5 ounces each. And um, and then it goes down the list to, you know, extra large has to be 2.25 ounces and so forth. And, Matt, you carry eggs all over the city. Is there a, a better way to, to transport them so that you don't crack any of them? I mean, you can see our, our cases are pretty well uh, structured. So unless you really throw in the whole case, if they're in your bag, uh, they'll transport pretty safely. I didn't ask you the most important question to ask, but we've run out of time, so I can't. Which came first, the chicken or the <laughs> egg? But uh, my great thanks to the three of you for being on our show on today's Please Explain. Kathy Irway, the uh, contributor to Serious Eats, author of The Food of Taiwan, a blogger for Not Eating Out in New York. Mary Carpenter, owner and operator of Violet Hill Farms, and Matt Kaplan. It's been a pleasure.